Welcome to the Point After Show with Kyle Maurer, Marshall Heslaw, and Ian DeWitt. This is the show where the guys attempt to pick the winners of the weekly NFL games along with some healthy debate about current topics. Let's go. Hey. 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 I'm talking here. What's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, Ian. <laughs> it's, it's podcast time, my bros. <laughs> I just wanted to leave people in suspense. I'm, I'm going to hold out until Ian goes, so <laughs> that's how our pot will be. Just Kyle bringing energy at the beginning and all of us rallying around him. Yeah, That's right, Kyle. I just drank coffee. so I, Did you really? Yeah, that's what I'm He drank coffee, has M&Ms, and water. Wow. Very hydrated sugar rush. What does that say about my day? <laughs> it's been a long one? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's another day in the life. Another yeah. day in the life. True. Speaking of days, let's have our question of the day. I got a few for you. You know, we've been doing kind of the would you rathers lately. We're going to stay on that theme, and you're going to hear a little bit of a difference between some of them. Stop, stop looking at them. Ian. I'm looking. I'm not Stop looking. looking at them. Do I look like I'm looking at them? Do you want to talk about this out here? You want to take this outside? This is awkward. All right. Proceed. Would you rather ride a cow or a llama? A llama. Mm. Yeah, probably a llama. Would you rather ride a llama or an alpaca? They're not. I'm going to go llama. I said they're basically. They have a book called Macca the Alpaca. They don't have a book called Macca the Llama. Right. That's true. (laughs) Well, they got a book called Llama Llama, Red Pajama. I read that a lot. Have you guys ever seen uh, Migos rap Llama Llama? No, I thought that was ludicrous. No. Migos. What's Migos? Uh, I think it's Luda. I'll give you $1,000 if I can't find a video of Migos. Rapping over somebody does Lama Lama uh, somebody does walk it in my pocket from Dr. Seuss. That's another one to the did. to the tune of yep. Walk it like I talk it. Next question: Would you rather be in a zombie apocalypse or turn into a turtle every time you sneeze? I guess I'd rather turn into. How do you a turn? Turtle. Can you turn back? When the turtle sneezes, you turn back to the human. Oh. Yeah, I'd do that. Okay. I would do that because yeah. I'm a twofer, so I'd sneeze. What if you and then sneeze, sneeze when you're driving? Again. Death. I mean, I'm always afraid Dangerous it's going to be. Game I'm always hazard. afraid when I sneeze, when I'm driving, I'm going to die anyways. What about, would you rather fart every time you laugh or cough every time you're poked? Wait, say that again. Every time fart laugh. every time you laugh or cough every time you're poked. Okay. So if even like unintentionally, you have like a huge hack. Most of the time, when I laugh, I don't get sometimes a little bit Whoa. of a that comes out. You've laughed a lot in this pod. <laughs> not yet. I mean, like not in today. General, in general, terrible. Right there, did you just blow it up? <laughs> All right, you listeners at home, keep count. Uh, would you rather have a giraffe's neck or an elephant's nose? Mm. I already have a giraffe neck. So. <laughs> Fact, so. uh, it's I already, ludicrous. I already have an elephant's nose. It's ludicrous. Red pajama. Good thing we didn't shake on it. Next one. Would you rather never be able to drink water again or only be able to eat liquids? Uh, Well, considering if you never drink water again, you would die. Yeah, but you could have like Mountain Dew. Yeah, you would die. I would want whatever option. I would want the option that you live. Okay, so water it is. I guess. I would take the water. If you augmented (laughs) the question, like I could see myself going on a liquids diet. You can only eat liquids. Yeah, but then like smoothies are great. I it's could just do that. everything. Smoothies be- are great. The fourteenth day, not so much. Well, you I, just gotta. I literally could do the juice diet. I I what about eat only hot food or eat only cold food? Mm. 
I don't know. Uh, only cold. Ooh. Probably cold. Sandwiches. Yeah. I'd survive. Yeah, it's a little cold. easier. Yeah, I would say cold. It's easier to survive. I'm hot. Yeah, you are. I'm not. Hubba hubba. Would you rather never be able to leave Jackson again or never sleep in the same place twice? Jeez, I've had a... I, I, awful. What an awful thought. Where do you come up with this stuff? Just the inner well, what of if my mind. Loophole, you just don't sleep. Weird loophole. You would die. How about that? I'll go. I mean, you here. would, but if you slept twice, you could space that out. You could like <laughs> sleep once. I could sleep once when I'm stay eight, awake for a I'm couple. 40. Stay awake for like a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, and then sleep. Final again. question: <laughs> Would you rather lose all of your toenails in a tragic accident where they're all taken off at once, or become a Russell Wilson fan? I think I'd become a Russell Wilson fan. Yeah, I'm saying too. goodbye to the toenails. Me too. Oh my goodness. Wow. Say goodbye. Wow. Say goodbye. That's you would our... want to look at the fleshy bits underneath those nails? I've had it before. That's terrible. That's, That's terrible. His career is only going to be a few more years max. Yeah, but if I get the toenails ripped off one time, never have to see him again. Yeah, but what if he's good next year? It's awful. You still going to take that those actually, toenails? That actually would make me want to see it less. <laughs> I've actually enjoyed watching the pain. Good gravy. There's some... Sadistic nature in there. I'm a Notre Dame <laughs> so, football fan. Come on, there's something about watching your team struggle that I'm like, yes, I love that. A little more. Okay. Well, let's move on to our biggest news of the week. I'm going to kick us off. Got a little short little tidbit right here for you. I'm just going to talk one a little bit about Ian's stuff and a little bit about mine. Mm-hmm. By the way, I was right. I'm not afraid of those damn bills. The bills were absolutely manhandled. And we're going to talk more about that, but I think the more impressive part was not just that they were manhandled, but that the Bengals did it in the fashion they did with their offensive line. It was very similar to how dominant the Eagles' defensive line was against the Giants. So Mm -hmm. the Eagles finally faced a great team. Can we say that? A good team, Ian? What? The The Eagles? Eagles? Yeah. No. No, they, they still got, have it. Okay, no, so it was, yeah, they got absolutely. We're in the NFC Championship. They still haven't played a great team. From what everyone has said, they still have not played a great team. So that is a, it's a record. Uh, I'll say that Purdy finally started to look a little bit like a rookie quarterback. Until, I thought he looked like a rookie last until, week. Until Kittle got that amazing catch that took him, you know, to midfield. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing two great defenses attack. I'm looking forward to seeing a great defensive line for San Fran versus an amazing offensive line for the Eagles. And the weird thing is, watching the highlights of the offensive line, I swear to God, this fucking air, this air has bites. <laughs> it's the <laughs> loudest <laughs> opening <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Good Lord. Just <laughs> open the damn bag. You're so farting every time you're laughing. I, know. I okay. feel it. I just tried so hard I'm to. Ex- if we're picking matchups, that's the matchup I want to see more than anything. Ian versus the Airhead Bites Bag <laughs> and the Eagles offensive line versus San Francisco's defensive line. Right. Uh, and both clearly. I will say, even though San Fran's game was closer, both of them were clearly the better team in the matchup. If anything, just watch the final play of the Dallas game. And that says everything you need to know about the intelligence level of their team. That was embarrassing. 
I mean, that was bizarre. The defensive coordinator for the you know San Francisco 49ers, D'Amico Ryan's, literally called timeout to bring his team over to say, okay, now if they really are going to be a dumbass and do this and put Zeke as a center, we're just going to send two people and beat the shit out of them. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do that. What was so funny was that Zeke got plowed mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dak got the, the one ball thing off. You couldn't, the one thing you didn't want. Right, the one thing in that play where it's like, well, we just can't get tackled early. Oh, totally, we got that covered, perfect. He gets Happens. he gets the ball out, yep, and then immediately that dude gets absolutely spit roasted. Just yeah, boom, awesome. Mm-hmm. But I will say, uh, talking about the Eagles game from play one, Hertz looked back. I mean, he threw a bomb to AJ Brown first play of the game. Um, the Giants, their carriage. Clearly turned into a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And then this leads me to ask, were the Vikings that bad? That they made this team look so great? Like, is the gap so... Or is that just a week-by-week and any given Sunday thing that pisses Kyle off when I say that? But is it? I yeah. would say the Vikings weren't that bad. I wouldn't say the Giants were that... Like, no. Giants got handled, but the Giants almost beat the Eagles the last week. Yeah, but that was with nobody playing. That was with the Giants nobody playing. The Eagles had all their starters out there. Mm. It was the the other way around. It was the other way around, and they almost won that game. Okay, my bad. I don't really believe the transitive property applies in the NFL with these games. where It's not... I could find a way where the Lions could win the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, but it doesn't hold much water to say that, you know, because this Team A clobbered team B and team B clobbered team C that doesn't really always strong doesn't really mean that team A is uh like emphatically superior to team C I I would I agree I also would say just because the Giants got shown the door like in the first quarter like the door's over there you can go out now doesn't mean the Giants are that bad either yeah I would say the Giants are still a good team I'm, they had a very, I mean, it was just a very bad matchup, which is very tough oh, for yeah. them to say in a division that you have a bad matchup. But yeah. that's beyond the point. My big takeaway from this week is the fast forward to next week. It's mm-hmm. an absolute mystery who's going to win. I could go to bed one night thinking one thing and wake up the next day and think a different thing. Totally. I have oh, yeah. no idea where this will go. Both games could go either way. And this is what I love. You should love this because none of these teams are the same. No team is like San Fran. No team is like the Chiefs. No team is like Cincy. No team is like the Eagle. I mean, these teams are so unique that we talk about parity in the NFL. This is a parity-less NFL championship Sunday that we're going to have. And I I just hope everybody gets a big box of pizza. A big box of wings, right? And you enjoy your Sunday. I'm just glad it's going to be a diaper dandy, as Dickie B once <laughs> yeah. called it. I'm just yeah. glad that th- we're finally at that point in the playoffs. We've had some good. There have been some like entertaining playoff games, but for the most part, the games have played out basically the way most people would imagine, in the sense of like who's going to win, not necessarily like how they play. Like Miami almost beating Bills, no one predicted that, but. Everyone knew the Bills were probably still going to win that game, and they did, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knew Tampa was going to get 
out the door immediately. I don't know. There were so many people that said Tom Brady. I'm never betting against Tom Brady. There were so many people that said Buffalo. Buffalo. Demar Hamlin's gonna be in the, you know, stands. We gotta root for him. I mean, that Bill. There's no way Bills are a team of destiny. There's no way the Jaguars lose. They're in a crappy. Di- I mean, there were a lot of teams that. I'll counter that. I don't think that that's well, necessarily true. His, he wasn't as dumb as his point. I, mostly, I just feel like a lot of the teams that were predicted to win did win, but the games that were predicted to be close, for the most part, were close. Now, we can talk about the Bills game because, if anything, th- and this actually kind of leads into yeah, like, what, my point because I thought the Bills' playoff run just in general was like ugly. It wasn't pretty. Their first round wasn't good. And their second round was even worse. And a lot of that is this team gives me very similar vibes to another team that has had some similar situations. And the fact that I feel like the Bills had a window where they were this team that had an elite quarterback, one of the best receivers in the league, a decent running game, and a decent defense behind you. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet, somehow, they can't get the job done because, lo and behold, there are other teams that have actually done more to bring in more talent than they have. I like So the Bills remind me of the Packers mm-hmm. in the sense that the Packers rode Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams all the way to the NFC Championship game every year. And they never really went out and got him the tools to surround him to take that team just that one notch more, that one notch above everyone else. Right. And I look at, like, the Chiefs reloaded after they lost Tyreek. Now, granted, you brought in, you know, you can't, yeah, you can't replace Tyreek. Like, let's be honest, you can't replace him. But they made moves to get at least adequate receivers back in there Mm -hmm. to try to. I mean, they they lost Tyreek, but they brought in Juju, they brought in... Valdez, they brought in uh, Tony. I mean, they brought in three dudes, basically to replace one. That's they're at least trying to show like we're trying our best to keep this team competitive, right? And I think of like Cincinnati has d- had great drafts to get them into this position, and they've been working on their O line. Maybe that game was the turning point for their O line, but they've been making moves. And all of a sudden, I feel like the Bills were this Super Bowl favorite team. Everyone was going into the season thinking, oh, this is going to be the team. Like, they got it. And we even talked about how they were like, they have to be one of the most complete teams in the NFL. And for a little while, they played like it. But near the end of the regular season and in the playoffs, I started to look at this team as, who who do you have other than Josh Allen trying to play hero ball and Diggs? Who else is on that team? And what have they done to try to elevate that team above Cincinnati and above the Chiefs? I just look at, I mean, you look at their last playoff, you know, big win and big game was Gabe Davis, who had, you know, what was it, three or four touchdowns in a game? Like, that's what they were expecting a big jump from that, just like the Bengals got a big jump from T. Higgins. They were expecting a a similar incomparable step up. And that's, I am, you're right in the fact that I'm surprised that they didn't step up for a player like Odell. Like they didn't step up for somebody that could have put them over the edge. 
You know, that's the joke about, you know, Andy Reid is he can bring all these players of different personalities, different backgrounds, different problems, and make them fit under the same house. Like this Tony couldn't even get on the field on the Giants, and now he's, you know, making pivotal moments for the Chiefs. Yeah. I just think it's interesting because, like, the Packers for a long time were like that. They they didn't bring in a whole bunch of talent. They just kind of rode – the greatness of what Aaron Rodgers was and his MVP, like back to backs to those championship games, but they couldn't get to the next level because, oh, well, the Rams went out and they got Matt Stafford and they re signed all these big contracts. And then they had, they brought in Odell. Like they, they just star loaded that team and then they got for exactly sure. what they paid for. The Bucks did the same thing the year before that, right? They brought in Tom Brady. They brought in Gronk halfway through the year. They bring in Fournette. They star-loaded that team, and they won the Super Bowl. And all these teams are just cruising by these other guys. And now I feel like, is the Bills' window, is this a wake-up call for the Bills? Like, we need to go out and we need to get some people, or we're going to fall behind. Because I feel like the Bengals have actually shown we were not a fluke last year. We are the real deal, and we do deserve to be in that conversation with the Chiefs and the Bills. Because yeah, they haven't they feel, been. They feel slighted. I guess my big – I'll return to my point about the Bills I had mentioned last week that the Bills, if they run the ball and don't play hero ball, are a different team. Yeah. Like they play hero ball right now, and that obviously shows glaring They do weaknesses. that a lot because Singletary, their number one running back, is like way down on the list. And, and I guess I look at it and say they were on their fifth safety yesterday. Yeah. They, they didn't have Von Miller that they spent – tens of millions of dollars in a single year to have for that exact reason to go get Joe Burrow on a playoff game. It was not a great season for them in terms of injuries. Correct. Yeah, I would say but they had one of the worst injury outcomes uh, of the uh, this cohort, of this playoff uh, group. Uh, the teams right here at this point yeah. in the playoffs, I would say well, the Bills probably had the most severe injuries. So, I mean, you might even look at the Bengals and say that based on their first six games where they looked like shit. I just think it's interesting, and it's just something that I was, like, kind of noticing. Like, near the end of the season when the Rams were trying to make their final push, they went out and they got Odell. Well, who did the Bills get? Cole Beasley? Right. Like, that's the guy that they brought back. But Cole Beasley is a – I mean, not a big fan of Cole Beasley off the field, but Cole Beasley on the field is a possession wide receiver that can move the change, which is what the playoffs tend to be about more than, you know, a random regular season game in December or in October that, you know, okay, John Brown and Gabe Davis have both 80 yard touchdown passes from Josh Allen. They're going to need to, I think that team needs to reevaluate themselves because yeah, I, I think the Chiefs and the Bengals, I mean, this is back-to-back years. They, there were those other two teams in the AFC Championship game. And I think, I mean, first off, Allen led the the quarterbacks in interceptions. I think Bengals, but it could have. Yeah, they just got their ass beat. Yeah, they just more got More than handed. a turnover. Right. It didn't affect them in that game, but sure as shit kept Miami in it. Yeah, no, and you're right. I, I think the disappointing part, for the Bills is that we all thought the Bills had got past that problem, that inaccuracy. We had thought that, you know, Josh Allen had been coached out of inaccuracy, whereas now he tends to show his true colors right now a little bit more Mm -hmm. when it comes to his inaccuracy. 
It is a it is a sort of a tale of two halves of the season for him because totally it, September and October he really was fantastic. Upper he echelon. started he started so strong. If yeah, you go did, back to did. that game against the Rams or start of the season, you you really believed, whoa, this team cannot be stopped. It was easy to believe that, and there was a lot of that in those first uh, few weeks, that first month, month and a half or so. Yeah, it, it was really easy to believe in this team. I don't know what happened. He did get hurt a little bit at one point. And, and, and honestly, some people he said, looked a little different that in some of these point. games. Some of these games in the playoffs, he had a couple deep throws that were just a bit off. And you got to think that a sprained you know, shoulder ligament that he'd suffered, mm-hmm. that's got to be playing some factor in this, don't you think? Could yeah. be. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's the playoffs, and in the playoffs, you play. Ask you Mahomes. Right? I mean, High ankle sprain. He's going to be Chad out there. Ask Chad Henney with the longest drive in, N- in NFL Chiefs history, 98 yards. I love that the backup got those. I love when it's backups. Yeah. I love when backups get a record. Like Matt Flynn has the record for Green Bay for most touchdown passes in her in a, it's in a game. Absurd. And it was awesome. he played what? Two games for that team, maybe. I hope John Kitna gets one one day mm. for the Lions. Come Chad Henney, U of M. <laughs> Go Wolverine quarterback. I don't know. Isn't, isn't Kitna's kid in jail or something? Oh, gosh. Don't do that to us today. We don't need that. <laughs> what? <I'm just laughs> Kyle, do you have your totally You brought up That's John a Marshall Kitna. comment. That's classic Marshall. <laughs> Thank you. The... Kyle, you know what, Kyle? Ian has been taking my role lately. Oh. Last last week, he, he had the negative part. And, you know, this week, I'm the one that has the positive part. So that's two weeks in a row, Kyle. All right, that's all I got. Kyle, what about you? Well, you know, you guys brought a lot of really thoughtful stuff. And I sat here, sat here earlier today, and I stared at my computer. I just couldn't think of anything to say. Hmm. Good ASMR I, right now of you eating, by the way. Anything that would be interesting. So, what? let me assume you're going to be fancy here. I'm not going to be fancy. I don't have anything really meaningful to bring to the pot. I couldn't think of any, like, useful news or stories Good. that really resonated with me. So... The only thing I wrote down is Mahomes hurt his ankle. How will that play out? Why is anyone surprised Eagles-Giants was a route? Kittle had a crazy juggled circus catch. The AFC Championship is now a rematch. I'm sad for the Bills. Truly, so close once again. Will they ever figure out what it takes to win? I'm curious to see what the Niners' D allows when playing an offense more adept than the Cows. The Eagles' line is a solid wall. Jalen Hurts has all day to throw the ball. So when he does, his guys make the catch. Has Shanahan's crew finally met their match? Mad respect to the Jacks, truly. They deserve some love. They had a hard road, and they rose above. Trevor has arrived. I think we will all agree. A rocky start, but now he's a top 10 QB. The remaining dudes under center are quite the quartet. They've all had a great year and haven't hit their peaks yet. We have the three top contenders for MVP and some unknown third-string rookie named Purdy. I don't really know what's going on or who will win, but the drama is in an all-time high, and I'm all in. Love it. Whoa. Beautiful. <laughs> that was easier to write than some comment like you guys Trevor have. Trevor Lawrence, I'm, he has come a long way. And I'll tell you what, one of my favorite things, there are certain weekends where our group text is just blowing up, and then there's certain weekends where, like, I'm actually doing things instead of just sitting at home watching football. <laughs> And Kyle's got six kids, and then I just have six straight texts from Ian that just goes, 
love this guy over here. And then it's like, what an idiot. Like, it's just, there are zero, there's no gray. It is like one side of the peg or the other with Ian in these text messages in our group chat. And I love it. Yeah. Who did because I say? Four hours idiot. Um, I, don't, I can't remember. Was it a kicker? Was it the kicker? Matt Maher. <laughs> yeah, Maher. Idiot. Was that oh who gosh. it was, Ian? You said he had the yips. Ah, uh, the yips. Yeah. Love a good yips conversation. He did have the yips because he had, I mean, previous year, and then he comes out and immediately gets a blocked yeah, extra point. Which was going to be probably. He was fine after that. I mean, that was fine. Okay, who who'd you call an idiot? I don't see an idiot. We're going to sit and wait. Yeah, yeah. Mitchell yeah. bought Cowboys 45 seconds. Oh, yeah, that guy was an idiot. Oh. The 49ers <laughs> guy who ran through and gave him basically oh, Elijah 45 Mitchell, seconds. who yeah. got the first down and then went out of bounds instead of falling right, on the ground. Right, right. He basically bought him 40 seconds, not 45. But yeah, whatever. whatever. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's I like how favorite. you remember it. I called someone over there. It's just like I'm usually the one that like insults people. You've been wearing my shoes lately, dude. What's up with that? What? <laughs> I can't keep bringing the positive around here. It needs to start being you, all right? It's a refreshing change. You know what? Thanks, Kyle. I like your sweatshirt. <laughs> uh, all right. Our next segment is going to be about our hot takes and Twitter prompts. So we are going to start off with our one, the only, Adam Silver, the commish. This is Adam Silver, a.k.a. the commish. And this is the commish report. Oh, boy, where to start? All right. Uh, let's go with the poor clock management by Shanahan at the end of the first half. Settling for a field goal, eh, all right, which was fortunate with one second left on the clock when there was ample time to run the offense, perhaps score a touchdown. The game itself was a defensive struggle throughout, and the interceptions were a crucial momentum change that Dallas ultimately could not overcome. A great run by Mitchell for the first down at the end of the game, but boneheaded decision not to stay in bounds. Oh, it almost killed me. Armistead could have sacked Dak in the end zone on the last drive, but instead he only pushed him and then he escaped. That was so maddening to me. I don't understand that whatsoever, but it often seems that defensive linemen are afraid of hitting the quarterback, fearing the dreaded roughing penalty. Now, was Purdy perfect? No, of course not. You guys gave me a hard time on this last week. I know, I heard you. But he made enough plays at critical times, and more importantly, through zero picks, although he most definitely got lucky with one, that's for sure. Dak is a veteran player, and the talk before this game was that the movement, the moment might be too big for Purdy as, as the rookie. Well, he wasn't. It wasn't. He was fine. He kept his cool and outplayed Dak. His record is now 7-0 and as a starter, including two playoff wins in a row. Yep, still a small sample size. And yes, he has an amazing talent around him and an elite D. But ask yourself, who would you rather have had on this roster of healthy, under center in this game? Really? Who? Tell me. Tell me right now. All right, anyway. The kid has plenty of opportunities to wilt or force a bad throw, but he didn't. I trust him. I don't love the fact that he runs backwards sometimes. I'll give you that. I also trust George Kittle, who may have maybe had the best catch of the year on that TD drive. Unreal concentration. His blocking was also impeccable, showing why he is the best all-round tight end in the game. A few bad special teams plays that need to clean up, but Robbie Gold was as good as gold. You can never take for granted a rock-solid kicker at playoff time, and we're fortunate to have him. Overall, not a clean game by any means, but a win is a win. Like the NCAA tournament, survive and advance. Going on to Philly, go Niners, hashtag NFC Championship bound. This was the commission report. I would agree. I think while Purdy definitely, you can tell, is a rookie, he still makes dumb mistakes, but he is not 
turning the ball over, which is what you – out of a rookie in an offense with that many tools, the only thing he needs to do is not turn the ball over. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather have Jimmy G, Kamish. I think I would too. Yeah, I'd, I think I'd rather have I don't have think it's experience. an unpopular opinion to say that I would take Jimmy G over the last pick in the NFL draft. So, yeah, I, I'm going to pick that one, and uh, I – I will agree with the part that in the playoffs, it is just about a win. Like, the, we talked about the Bills barely beating the Dolphins. Yeah. They won. Like, that's all that matters. Sometimes an ugly – they're not going to remember the ugly wins. They're going to remember the wins. Right? They remember that the Cowboys beat the Lions in the playoffs many years ago. They don't remember how controversial and ugly it was. Oh, no. I remember. <laughs> Unless don't, you lose sleep. Don't get me started. Pettigrew! <laughs> Good old Pettigrew. <laughs> <Eat> a Pettigrew. <laughs> Our next question comes from Mike Gasol, our Philly Eagles fan of the show. If Philly gets ahead early and is able to put pressure on Purdy, they win, but not just win, win comfortably. But if not, it'll be a back-and-forth game, but ultimately physicality from Philly will hand Purdy his first loss in the NFL. Mm. I buy it. I buy it. I'm scared of that Eagles pass rush. It is tremendous. It is historic. It's scary. It was the leader, and the the Philly pass rush led the league in sacks by a wide margin this year. And as we've said before, the first team in NFL history to have four different players with double digit sacks. Correct. There are entire teams in the league who don't have a single player with double digit sacks, and the Eagles have four. Yeah, that is nuts. Absolutely. This they're game, scary. That game is going to be really interesting because it's really on top those... of that. Just to finish that point. If they're if the Niners have a weakness, the general consensus is is, is it, it is their O line protecting mm-hmm. the quarterback. Right. I mean, you you don't have to look very far. And the problem with their O line not being able to protect their quarterback is their quarterback is sometimes panics and runs way mm-hmm. way more than he should. And he, yeah. I, I was impressed with them how they handled Micah Parsons though. Like I yeah. thought they played well against him with McGlinchey, who, you know, mm-hmm. many times. Kamish has talked about how he has struggled. He he held his own. So, right. I, next, I really, before we move on, I really think that's going to be another low-scoring game, though, because those two defenses are really good. That's one of those weird – I ha, just have a weird feeling about this game that's going to be one of those games where it's almost like we all talk about the offense and it's 7-6. to six. Yeah. You know, this is a game we're all talking about the defense. It could be 38-35. It could. You know what I mean? It like, really this, that's be. one of those – I'll be very interested for us to recap that next week yeah. and see who was right between us. So our next question comes from Ryan Gates, longtime listener, first-time questioner. Love it. Welcome to the fold, Ryan. Ryan sends me a message at 10 o'clock on Thursday night and says, hey, cuz, he's actually married into our family, so. Nice. Pretty epic guy. Okay, cool. Probably our fa- my favorite cousin. He's not even actually legally a cousin. Okay. Wow. Listening to your latest podcast, gotta say, you have a fun group of friends. Enjoy the hot takes the most. Question for your Packers fan and co-host. What does he want the Packers to do at quarterback next year? I'm a Packers fan, and I'd love to see a way to get something for Rodgers and let love take over. But I don't fully understand the cap situation and also was admittedly a huge former Favre's homer 
who would have done anything for Brett to stick around <laughs> back in the day. But things are different now. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. What do you a... think? What do you got for Ryan there, Kyle? We we want your take on it, even though I know you're going to talk Packers a little bit later. What's your quick answer to that one? You know, I'd, I'd love to be the person who can come and say, like, I've completely made up my mind and it's enough. Like, I, I've, I'm, I'm well, here. Do like, it. here's my take. But I... The the reality is I'm deeply conflicted about the path forward, and I'm glad I'm not a decision maker in that organization because I would struggle with this. This is not an easy call for the team to make. I can see the case either way. Um, it, whatever you whatever you think about the player that they've had a quarterback for a long what is it seventeen years now, however long it's been, pretty darn close. Whatever you think about him. He's done a lot for this team and and for the sport, frankly. And I have so much respect uh, for him as a player and uh, and for what he's done for this franchise and and the wins and just being a fan over this era has been a, it has been great. We've been spoiled, Packers fans. We've been spoiled because we've had really one of the all time greats back to back, but. Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers for the last uh, decade and a half, at least, has been just outstanding. And and it, it's just been so fun to watch this team, even though championships have been lacking, but still to consistently be competitive and to win these tight games and have exciting offenses and go on promising runs. It's, it's just been wonderful. And to have been a fan for all this period, it is it is extremely difficult to just break this down to like dollars and cents and numbers yeah. and say like, oh yeah, like I guess it's a little more advantageous for us to like get the cap space and some draft picks and cut this guy. Like it's hard to be that callous and that uh, that stoic about this decision. There are some, there are some emotions tied up. And so, and for me, I, I definitely understand the case. I won't be devastated and I would say I didn't feel this way last year. Right now, I wouldn't be devastated if the Packers agreed to part ways with Rodgers if they got something good, something really promising. Like, I don't know, a good haul. Would you want love? I don't even know what to I hardly know. He hasn't even played. He's hardly even much. played. Like, I don't, why would I say that I want... It, it would be like me saying I want Trey Lance like, uh, or some other quarterback that I just haven't seen play. Uh, so that's it's a... It's almost not a fair question. I don't know. I've never seen him play. How would, it's an unfair question. It's like, do you want this guy you've never seen? He just wants Rodgers to go to the Niners. No, I don't want Rodgers to go to the Niners. No, Marshall does. <laughs> yes, oh. I do. Oh, okay. Because yeah. oh then they would ship Shane over Trey Lance. Would lose his mind. Yeah. Oh, my But Lord. Tom Brady's going to go over there. It's so tough. It doesn't matter. It's to tough. The Raiders. I'm not excited at the prospect of a rebuild. Honestly, I'm not very uh, optimistic about the coming years for the Packers. Oh, I Ian really is, am not. Ian's finally going to get to tell Kyle to eat shit besides on week 16. <laughs> no, I know. It's like, unfortunate. It's going to be very interesting to hear Who your knows? comments about, about Ian and the Lions rebuild. The last couple of years, you've been like, well, they're on a rebuild. You know, like, you need to remember that, you know, Ian and. It might be the shoe on the other foot. I understand that, yeah. And and that's fine, and I'm happy for the Lions. Do you think there's a correlation between you winning our pick, you know, spreadsheet and the Packers' success? 
No. Okay. Just curious. Next question comes <laughs> from Peter Maurer. Why is football the most popular sport in America? I actually really like that question. I guess to break down the this, intricacies yeah. of it, mm-hmm. it it's going to come down to... We don't have a good thesis on it, but I'd love to hear each of us like kind of give a quick... This, yeah. These are the qualities that we think make it well, I stand think out. The number one thing is the TV deal. I mean, that's that's what continue. It's the growing beast of the growing beast. It's you know eating itself and getting bigger every week is how big these NFL TV deals are because these are the same deals that MLB used to ha- like. MLB used to be a big thing, and and it's you know kind of like the Catholic Church dying off a little bit. Sorry, Catholics out there, but uh, you know you go look in the pews; it's a little older out there in certain churches, and it's a little older looking at the baseball people out there watching, you know, the Orioles play the Minnesota Twins two to one, and you know a doubleheader, and they've scored three runs the entire game, two games. So, you know, I I look at the TV deals; that's a big thing, and I think besides that, I I look at it; it's such a f- like a phenom of athletic achievement to watch these NFL players. Mm-hmm. I think the only sport that I would say is similar to that might be NHL, and that's because they're skating on knives. Like, yeah. there's something to be said that, like, sometime in the future we're going to be like, wait, they were running on top of knives? Like, just that as a <laughs> as mm-hmm. a thought, but... Uh, that's how I look at it. the NFL players are like such a higher level of like intensity for what accrues to end up being about 13 minutes of actual ball in play movement for a three and a half hour game. Yeah, I'd agree because I think the, I, there's a reason why a guy like Patrick Mahomes draws so much attention because watching him play and the, like the athletic ability, the dude gets praised for an incomplete pass. Yeah. Because of how athletically appealing it was to watch and how good it was. Because even if we're not capable of doing those things, we can appreciate it when we see it. And I think football has like really high highs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've experienced those high highs in playoffs, especially. There's been like some nut games, and it's watching the 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 Minnesota Vikings come back thirty three to zero. I mean, that's absolutely like a nut thing to watch. Yeah. And I think there's like a culture piece there to it. Like, they own Sunday. It's Sunday. It's fucking football. Mm. And it's just Mm. like you wake up and you're just like, oh, my God, guys. Do you know what today is? Seven hours of commercial free (laughs) football. Oh, my gosh. The Colts are playing the Steelers today. (laughs) Let's go. You know, can I throw another point as to why I think the NFL might be the juggernaut that it is? That we really... You know, we've mentioned a couple times, but it's worth saying in this context specifically, they have a free minor league. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a they good They have point. a free minor league that owns the day before. Yeah. <laughs> that everyone says, yeah. I'm going to deck out in my colors for this, and then I'm going to deck out in my other colors on Sunday. Like, th- there isn't another league out there that has a free minor league that, like, Right now is like, oh, well, at least we play our, we pay our people in peanuts. We used to make them pay us. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's like I find appealing is that in baseball, it's relatively like, you know, pretty slow paced, except right. maybe in a tight game in the bottom of the ninth. 
you're like hitting the ninth inning. You're like, Ooh, this is kind of getting interesting, but you're you're like, eh. Addison, my brother, loves baseball, so he might be a good one to ask. Like, why is baseball so appealing to you? But or was it dying? Yeah, and they've like tried a whole bunch of rule changes there to make it like yeah. speed up the game, right? And I think that's the like the thing with football, despite the fact that it's like four hours, it feels relatively fast. Yeah. When you're watching it. We definitely have a slower, uh, a lower, I'm sorry, not slower, lower ability to delay our gratification. That's why I think sports like baseball are tough. Where the home run in the third inning was the deciding factor in a nine-inning game. Yeah. Whereas, like, in football, you're seeing that touchdown quick, mm-hmm. and then the other team has a chance to counter, and, and it's back and forth, and like a tennis match almost. So Yeah. And I think that back and forth is a big appeal to it. Yeah. I think that there's a... Well, if I may. Go ahead. (laughs) No. (laughs) It looked like I was not going to get a chance. Uh, I I think the the heart of this question is the, you know, there's there's a, like, the I don't know if it's the fourth or the fifth most popular sport in this country is um, far and away the most popular sport in the world, uh, on the globe, um, and that's soccer. Uh, And... uh, it's it's I don't know, it'd take a lot of explaining why this particular country, why our country like favors several other sports before that sport, and in particular why American football has been so dominant here and and why it is barely a thing in other countries yet. Well, uh, Andy Reid's gonna go it to is. Germany and eat a bratwurst though, so yeah, it's, <laughs> look out. It, that uh, this will change over time. It's gonna it's gonna ca- continue to catch on in other countries, and we'll probably see other international leagues that spark up as we've discussed before. But um, I think that um, it's like this sport is supremely watchable, uh, high entertainment value. It allows uh, easy bathroom breaks, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually underrated. You watch a soccer game, if you go to the bathroom, you're going to there is a potential chance you missed the something only goal. like the goal. I know. And like That's true. I watched That's true. some World Cup and I I did I do understand soccer expert over here, Kyle. Right. Well, no, I'm not. I watched the World Cup. I watched what, what I was going to say was I watched the games and I understood the appeal to why people like it because it is like it's very fast paced. It is, and it's. I I definitely was watching, and I was like, I could get why people get into this, and then I would watch a guy fake an injury for ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, that's why I don't watch it though. Yeah. I like watching basketball. We're, that is also very fast paced and very high scoring, and we're we're kind of at a point where like these guys never miss, it, never miss any shot. It's like 140 points in a game, um, it, <laughs> all the time. It's ridiculous until if you miss, you miss a whole quarter, and like. You didn't miss anything. You can get kind of desensitized to it a little bit yeah. and just like tune in at the end. Uh, that's to the, the detriment of the viewing experience, I think, but you don't feel like that when watching football quite as much. Um, but that you there's also the point of the feats of athleticism. I have this like pet theory that is maybe maybe a little a it. little out there, but there's a part of me that's like those of us in the that make up the viewing base for this sport we watch a lot of sports and if we were to watch the other major sports a lot of them i'll speak for myself i genuinely watch most of them and know deep down without question that i can't and never could do that uh like hit the fastball or dunk the basketball or skate or hit you know skate 
across the rink like they do or, or just all these things. But there's still a part of me just like watching and just like daydreaming about I could miss trying a field to catch goal that like the Cowboys kicker. Maybe not the maybe not the kicking, but like I could throw a football. Like maybe I could make that throw. Maybe I could catch that ball. Like they're just daydreaming. About maybe that, if but. I had a pocket clean for about five seconds, I could get that ball off and not die. It looks. <laughs> I only had an arm. No, I. You gotta. You gotta bear with me here. Like it's bear. just this thought of. Bear like down. Witnessing yeah. a feat of athleticism, and we watch it so much, and just not thinking that I could do that because I, I know that I can't. But I also think like maybe I could. Wow, just to daydream about being able to do that, or being the one taking that snap, or running that route and catching that ball is like I don't know. It's like a fantasy. Uh, the way I just can't, I can't experience that to the same degree with the, the other way sports. That dude. At the end of that Cowboys game, got and said he could take an NFL hit. <laughs> you did. He said, oh, you know, NFL quarterbacks, they get hurt because they don't go with the hit. I just go with I the hit. I just go limp. And I'm I, like, oh, okay. Sorry. You want to know what? You're right. Aaron Fuck Donald. it. I could take that hit. Oh, yeah. my gosh, everybody. Ian just admitted he's wrong. Zeke, <laughs> Zeke, you got nothing on me. That's a great oh, question, yeah. Peter. I, I, I appreciate that one. Our, our final question comes from Tim DeWitt. Dak Prescott is average at best. Not wow. a question, just a hot take. Okay. Uh, also coordinated and collaborated with Eric Giannunzio, who says Dak Prescott is basically Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Uh, I, had a so. I would actually take Kirk Cousins over Dak. Wow. Dang. I don't know if I'd go that far. I'm not sure if I would. Who was well, so? So this is the thing. I know Josh Allen was technically the lead turnover person because he had a lot of fumbles, mm-hmm. but lead interception person was Dak. I would say that over the span of his career, Dak achieved higher highs for sure. Dak at his peak was a top five quarterback. Is he already past his his peak? peak? He's past his peak somehow, but he peaked pretty high. A few years ago, he was past his peak. He was unquestionably one of the best in the league. I would agree. I would agree. Definitely a franchise quarterback that most teams in the league would, would give anything to have. He's not that right now. He's not playing that right now. I think he has. Fa- mm-hmm. I think his performance has fallen below Kirk Cousins' level this season, uh, below a lot of quarterbacks' level. Actually, like objectively, his play has fallen below that. With only a couple games that were really impressive this season, um, but uh, yeah, at this point, I don't know what's going on with him. He has suffered more injuries than another quarterback like Kirk, who hasn't spent as much time uh, on the injured reserve. Dak has spent a lot. Dak has missed entire seasons. Um, and had a injury this year that took him out for five, six games? Four. Something like that? I yeah. think it was four. Was it four? Close to it, though. But regardless, like, he has had a ton of talent around him and has underachieved at, at many moments, and then you start to say... Very consistently. There's never be been a season coach. where There's never right. been a season where we said, like, yeah, the, the Cowboys are just totally lacking talent. But also, they're the same people who kept Jason Garrett around four seasons longer than what he should have, so... Well, and Jerry you know, Jones has already said they're going to bring back of McCarthy. Of course he did, because Jerry Jones wants to keep somebody around who could be a puppet, mm-hmm. yeah. who will say exactly what he says and not question why an owner has a press conference after a game where he didn't do anything. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to keep Dan Quinn as their DC, because he'll probably take head coaching interviews this, this offseason. Which he should, because Dan Quinn went, um, I mean, he got a team to the Super Bowl. There's no reason he couldn't do it again. Yeah, he's done a lot for their defense. 
I agree. Our next segment is going to be Biggest Loser. So, besides talking about the Packers. Oh, spoiler alert. No, sorry, <laughs> oh! Now, we're going to talk about the team that we feel like has underachieved. They've disappointed us the most. And so, uh, sorry to spoil a little bit. Kyle, I'm going to let you go first here. Right, right. Yeah, like who's... 2022 season was uh, the biggest catastrophe leading to a downward trajectory that we are not optimistic about. And I'm going to go with, emphatically, the Green Bay Packers. A team that I don't really like to talk about on this podcast. Uh, But I am not optimistic about their future. I don't really like what's going on. Bad vibes galore. I really think... I, I question, is there anyone here who would be surprised if next year we go into the future and the Packers finished last in the NFC North? Would anybody here be be surprised? The only team I think that would be potentially worse than them is the Bears. That's possible. But But I I at least see the Bears have a path. I see a path for the Bears to get better. They've got the number one draft pick going into this offseason. They have a tremendous amount of cap space. They have young talent on that team. They... Uh, they they finished with the worst record. It's only up for that. They can only that's, go up. Yeah, that's true. They can only it go up. It can't be worse. But I see the path. It's going to be difficult. They have a lot of improvements to make. But I think that they can. Yeah. I really think they can. The Packers, I don't see the path. It is not clear what they do. This is a franchise that doesn't have a history of shaking things up, making massive investments, as you were talking about in your spiel a little bit earlier, Ian. There's no track record of the Green Bay Packers you know, uh, loading up, uh, building up a team to make a run. There's no history of this particular team getting spicy in the offseason. They just don't. Why is why do, are we going to believe that that's going to happen this year? Uh, it's probably not going to. The most likely uh, occurrence for this team is for basically the status quo, which they're probably going to lose their franchise Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, they're probably going to fall back on their, uh, what, going into his fifth year or fourth year backup quarterback, who all we've ever seen was pretty underwhelming from from Jordan Love. Uh, and they're probably going to uh, cut some players, acquire some other, like, mid-tier talent and, and put together a mediocre defense and a mediocre pass and run game. And, uh, and then next year, just suck. Just regress even further. Uh, that's most likely what I expect to occur. I think their whole roster across the board underperformed, with hardly an exception. I, can't even, I can look at hardly anybody at the team and say, well, at least them, at least part, that part of the team exceeded expectations. Um, what about the wide receivers? I think the well, wide receivers... Uh, based on the bar that was set at the beginning of the year, would you yeah, say they overachieved? Like, the best I could say is is maybe they rose to the occasion passably. I would know? say the only one worth noting out of their wide receiver core was Watson. And he is a rookie. so He was a he rookie. Was, he's, he's one you would expect not to start off strong. Jamar Chase was very similar. Didn't start off strong, but then got hot real quick. I would say keep him. That, but I wouldn't say, like, yeah. he's, a, he's not a game changer. He's not Correct. like Jamar Chase right. or yeah. Chris, Justin Jefferson. Um, no one is scared of this team right now, even in their current state. Uh, they need so much to be competitors again. Um, it's not just one thing <laughs> anymore. Uh, I think that they 
have the capacity to win with this current coach and this current quarterback, but the rest, not nearly enough. And it's probably going to get worse. I only, I really expect it to get worse this offseason. Yeah, if they lose Rodgers, they're screwed. And they're, they're, they're screwed. probably screwed even if they don't because it'll be the running it back the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, biggest loser this season, 2022, bad for the Packers. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm going to go to another one of Kyle's favorite teams. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick them just because of this. I actually picked them because I thought the Arizona Cardinals, I feel like. Can we let Kyle give his line for the Arizona Cardinals again? No, we don't need to do that. Go ahead, Kyle. We're not going to move <laughs> no. on until you give it. Come on. It's not a thing Go anymore. Ahead. Like it's, dry, it's, it's dried up. It's shrink, there's a lot of shrinkage this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's good enough. For those listeners out there, we appreciate you that know what that is. Sorry, Ian. Go ahead. Sorry. So the Arizona Cardinals, when they first brought in Cliff Kingsbury, felt like they had a direction because they got rid of Josh Rosen they got Kyler Murray. His, their first year was, I mean, they went 5-10-1. Not great, but Kyler was good enough where people were like, hey, this offensive rookie of the year. Second season, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. They started off strong, but they had a collapse, which would become kind of a notorious thing for this team because they would do the exact same thing. They went, a, like, I don't know what their record. They went, like, 7-0, 8-0, something crazy. Yeah, right. They had an undefeated streak in there. Probably. Yeah, and then they just, like, fell off. Yeah. They went 11-6, and six, completely fizzled out, got tossed out. I mean, they got handed by the Rams in the first the round of the wild card. And then this season, 4-13. and 13. And their Kyler Murray signs a huge contract for $230 million. You don't have – apparently, you're going to give this kid a contract – that probably didn't earn that kind of money and then have certain stipulations that he's going to have to do, like homework. I just don't understand why you give a big contract like that with the with the worry of like, well, yeah, maybe this kid is like not focused enough, but we're going to pay him anyways because we're shit out of luck if we don't, which is probably fair. They then, he tears his ACL, so you're just screwed after that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. You're forgetting that D hop, their star wide receiver had to miss like the first third or half of the season due to a PED. Yeah. Suspension. Right. Yep. Suspension. He's gone anyways. He I mean, wants he's, out, yeah. yeah. He's not probably coming back. You just lost. So your... they're ba- basically we're like a couple of games with Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins. Such a small sample. Right, but... Before, before Kyler was injured and missed a lot of the season. He missed, uh, I don't even know how many games. Six, he, seven, eight games, something like that. This year? Six yeah. games. It was six games. Yeah. He missed the last six games. But, I mean, this was a team, though, that going into the season, you would have expected them to take, okay, you know, you went eight and eight. You know, you didn't, you know, you're still trying to figure out. You still got a young quarterback. You still got a young head coach. The next season, well, they got real hot. They definitely can show that there's something there. And then this season, they just completely fall flat on their face. You lose your head coach. He's, he's gone. You're going to lose your star receiver. You just lost J.J. Watt. Kyler Murray may be back by week one. I mean, he's got a torn ACL. So, and that happened near the end of the season, so he might not yeah. be back right away either. And this team just feels like it's in free fall right now. Mm-hmm. I and think I'm, for them it was the way they lost too. I think it wasn't that they lost. It was the way they lost like the, you know, 
things that they fell short on in previous years where they had winning records and were making steps, they were winning. So it wasn't a big problem. Well, then that problem became the glaring issue for the losses and magnified the losses yeah. that they did have. So blowing leads, not being able to be consistent when you're on the road, coming off you know slow, like those are things that crippled them in games that were critical. And now it didn't just impact the critical games where you could say, oh, well, they did good, and then they choked in the playoffs. Like, no, they choked in games against the Seahawks week one. Yeah. You know what? Like, no offense to the Seahawks, Kyle. Thanks. But they, this was a team that was supposed to be a contender, I felt like. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, kind, sure. they were supposed to be building to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was basically, at this point, Cliff had, like, you had to make a playoff run. I mean, this is it. This is what everyone expects of you now because you should have done that last season. You didn't. Now everyone's expecting it from you this season. Yeah. And it was the complete opposite. They went from a contender one year to they're in full rebuild mode now. Right. And they're not going to be, like, who knows what they'll look like next year, but I just... I can't imagine. I mean, they're they're going to look that great. I'm not convinced, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I'm picking the Raiders. It's kind of simple for me in the way I look at how they were a year ago today to now. Yeah. A year ago today, they were the hot shot team that pissed off the Chargers by going for it in overtime instead of taking a knee and letting them tie to win it. They had a... You know, hot game. They had the, who remembers the camera shot of Derek Carr running out of the, you know, end zone into the tunnel? That was, I mean, for the first time in Derek Carr's life, he was hot. Mm. They did that with an interim head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Then, fast forward to right now. (sighs) I mean, oh, and by the way, in the middle, added, I don't know, one of the best, I'll say top 10 wide receiver I've ever seen in my life, Devontae Adams. Mm. Um, Reunited him with his, his college quarterback. Right. And here they are. And they have, don't forget, the number one running back behind Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs. Right. They yep. brought in uh, Chandler Jones from Arizona, from the Cardinals. This who, team was stacked. Yeah. It was great and last jo- year for the Josh Cardinals. And Josh Jacobs is the same running back that before the final week of the season said, I don't know if I'm ready to sacrifice my body for a team like this that keeps giving up the final week when they benched Derek Carr. They yeah. benched the best quarterback they've ever had in franchise history. Until next year when Tom Brady plays for him. What about Rich Gannon, you guys? He's actually won an MVP. Derek Carr's never been in the He's conversation. He's also won a Super Bowl. True. That's a bold statement. Statistically say speaking, Derek Carr, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's close. Derek Carr, really? The best the Raiders ever had. That's my take. It's, it's okay. mostly because Derek Carr has been there probably the longest out of all of them. Pretty long tenure, yeah. Yeah, but that that's the difference. I look at just the gap of the year. Where they were, they were on its high high trajectory. Like, yeah, they got a hot team, a hot young team. They bring in an offensive minded head coach. Yep, and boom, here we are, completely for the yeah, coach. That's to say, that wasn't thing. my fault. Get rid of the quarterback. I can do a little bit better. And now he buys himself four more years on the Raiders staff. So <laughs> the Raiders are truly disappointing to me. Very. You know what? This is kind of funny because I look at Derek Carr as like the Matt Stafford of like the AFC. Wow. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. He just feels like he's got similar vibes to me, where he's got a can for an arm, has had some really inconsistent teams. Offense is generally pretty hot, but the defense is always like a shit show. Mm-hmm. And then you get a old coordinator Patriot coming in, ruining your fucking team. Oh, gosh. Not this again. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm yeah, just saying, though. Right. It's right. a, there's just parallels. No, there are I could parallels. see him leaving to a team like the Jets. 
or San Fran or any team that's like almost there going to win a Super Bowl. I would love to see that arm I would on San Fran. love to see Derek Carr win a Super Bowl with the Jets. I'm, you know what? I'm picking that. I'm picking. I don't know. That's not the team people were expecting me to say, but I'm picking that. That's my favorite thing that that's I want to have happen amazing. next season. That's wow. amazing. Wow. When it happens, when they sign him, oh my I can't God. wait for you to buy a jersey. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I might. We have officially hit our hour mark in the pot, and this is where we're going to move forward to our playoff picks. Just honorable mention, only reason none of us mentioned the Denver Broncos is because we're just <laughs> fucking tired of the Denver Broncos. They right. definitely they are enough deserved. prime time right. coverage that we don't need to talk about them. And the only time. other totally team... I was like, I don't want to talk about I know. Denver. I literally... <laughs> I like, just saw Kyle's eyes just like go into the ground <laughs> as you said that. I like literally, like when I wrote that, I was like, there's really one clear winner team, but I pray to God none of us And it's funny, none of, none, of, none of us put it down without talking to each other. The only other team I thought I was actually thought someone would talk about is the Chargers. Man. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's, they have got to be a pretty disappointed team. Very disappointed. I mean, yeah, sure, they made it to the playoffs this year, but yeah, you... <laughs> Great analysis. Yeah. Let's move on to our playoff picks, guys. AFC Championship, we have the Bengals versus the Chiefs. Kyle, who you got? I'm going Chiefs. Let's I do go. not think the Bengals will beat the Chiefs four times in a row. Ian? I normally would agree, but a high ankle sprain ain't no joke. Mm. And I just think that Mahomes is going to look a little hobbled, and I think I'm going to take the Bengals on that because the Bengals have a great defense compared better defense comparatively to the chiefs. And I think both of them have great offenses. I, I just the, think they stack up. better. I heard the joke that they're going to actually like take Jackson Mahomes, his ankle and put it on Patrick Mahomes because he has that quick, quick, you know, fast TikTok speed. And yeah, I thought that that'd be good for, that's a good joke. Mahomes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Who did you pick? <laughs> I got the Chiefs. I'm only picking it because I love my brother Jamie. So, so big two Chiefs, Chiefs fan. I'm the only Cincy. Who day? Final game: 49ers versus the Eagles. Ian, who are you going with? Oh man, this I this one was harder for me because the Niners with rookie quarterback and Brock Purdy that I'm not convinced has got it. But I look at the Niners and I just think overall. This is a more complete team on both sides of the ball. I'm picking the Niners. How about you, Kyle? I'm going Eagles. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going Eagles, too. I'm riding solo on both my picks. Both this picks. is kind of Kyle and I have the same. And Ian this is, is going to be one of those things we're going to come back next week, and I'm either going to be like, <laughs> or I'm going to be like, <laughs> or we're all just going to be one on one. Yeah, that could be. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking oh. at the um, the records over the regular season. Just a recap for these four remaining teams. And, and it's interesting to just observe how they performed over the stretch. And to look for those, what I'm looking for amongst these four teams, because all, all four of them have had strong seasons. Like, we're not actually dealing with, like, a surprise entrant into this. We have the two number one seeds, a number two seed, and a number three seed. These are great teams. And the number three seed could have easily been a number two seed. Easily. And so there's not a team that snuck in here that's, like, yeah, a spunky theory. surprise. Uh, they're just all the great teams. And there's, like, one or two other great teams that didn't make this top four. Uh, so it's... 
I look for the signature wins that I've, make me feel really good about What'd this team. Not much. Not much, actually. For any, of, for any of them? You didn't feel like any of them had a signature win? What I was, defines, I was very, researching. What would you find? Very Nothing. little. Very little. I what was, defines a signature win to you? Because I'm looking at like a really strong performance against another team that we would all agree was really good. And we just talked about how the Eagles haven't played anybody yet. Well... That's the thing. Uh, really, none of them. Do. The Bengals have the best case. The Bengals actually the seven to three win against the Bills. Well, no, uh, <laughs> no, because the well, Bengals <laughs> actually beat the Chiefs already. Uh, they beat another good team. Uh, the rest they beat the Bills just, a li- and they didn't just beat the Bills. I mean, they beat the Bills. Yeah, mostly I was looking at regular season, but you're right that yeah. that was that was really strong showing uh, to come out and, and beat the Bills, another team that we agree is good. Uh, the rest. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's not a lot great here. You know, they they lost to the Cowboys. You know, they they split with the Ravens. Uh, they lost to the Browns. You know, there's a lot of like weird, flimsy stuff here, uh, and didn't play that many good teams. Uh, but mostly because there's not that many great teams. Uh, the <laughs> Chiefs clobbered the Niners. That's kind of a signature win early in their season. But the Niners started really bad. The Niners started their regular season. They did actually terrible with like a loss to the Bears. And then a loss to the Colts uh, and the Broncos. Uh, in Those are three of their four losses. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, that's right. They had some pretty sad uh, showing at the beginning of the season. Um, that Bears game was the one in the water, though. That's true. That was Remember, a weird, that, that was a weird start the to the season. To, that oh, weird that's right. It's true. Right. It's true. And, and none it's of these teams, true. none of these teams, are consistently like blowing out their competitors. Uh, we joked about the Chiefs play with their food, Kyle. I know we did snow globe. I kind of, I mean, I think that all of these the teams, little, like swirly thing. If you were to look at their regular season, it's really hard to pick strong contenders. All of them just finished their business against teams that finished with losing records, which is most of their competition. They didn't end up playing each other very much. So but you're making a case for the most Vikings of these... to win next year. Because this they're going to do the same. This is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy a lot of the times when you talk oh, about teams like this, though. Love a good self-fulfilling prophecy. Because most of these teams that end up with a losing record is because they played against better teams like mm-hmm. these four teams. And mm-hmm. so naturally they end up with losing records. Yeah. It's tough. I hate the conversation. So then you look like, back and you're like, oh, have. they played a whole bunch of bad teams. But it's like, well, they you did they, though? Like, they beat these teams... So now they have a losing record. Sure. To your point, I don't think it would be fair. If, if one of these teams next week, uh, this weekend, has a bad game, it would be stupid for any of us to say, oh, they were frauds all along. And they just had an easy schedule, and that's how they got there. That would be dumb at this point. There's too many games played for that to be true, no matter how they show up in the conference championship. These teams are good. All four of these teams are very good. I actually think these are the four best teams in the league. Yeah, but we all thought the Bills. I mean, like, let's not forget the Bills. Like, I know, but the Bills didn't play like that near the end. And I was the only one yes last week saying that about them. No, I was the one no, saying the Bills. No, you didn't because I, I didn't Bills, pick the Bills either. I was a Bills either. believer. I picked the Bills. I didn't. I, I believed in them. I even talked about I was with you against with the Bills. I just wanted to put the very end. I was with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I do. I think these are the four best teams in the league. Yeah, Kyle, I'm I'm going to give you some homework. I want some research on some of our 
picks that we did incorrectly, the trends that we found. Remember, you would you would kind of dive into the numbers. That's your homework for next week. Maybe I could do that guy. next week or the week after when we uh, when there aren't games played. We'll see. Oh, we'll see which, which one of these uh, one of these games where we weeks where we don't have a lot to talk about. I will uh, get back into the spreadsheet and crunch some numbers. Yep. Well, count the spreadsheet while you got it, because next year it's mine. Any other hot takes, questions, last calls? What am I getting my steak? You know, the one thing, I didn't put it on here. Maybe we can talk about it on that week off. I do because I was a little bit curious about the Ravens letting Greg Roman go. Oh, yeah, offensive coordinator. I was actually, because he was there during Lamar's entire tenure. Right. And I think it's actually a big deal that the Ravens have openly said Lamar is going to be involved in the interview process. He's going to have a say. I mean, at this point, I mean, what 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 would they say? Like, he's not going to be? We're not letting him in there, but we're just going to franchise tag him? I mean, they kind of have to say that, I feel like, to yeah, an extent. It was like he went out of his way to say it. Yeah. I don't know. You just, just look at some of those like... quotes from Harbaugh about him over the last, like, six weeks and how they trended. It just It's a very eerie situation that I could see him out of. Mm. So It is a little bit weird. Historical precedent way, is, says I that the would, most likely outcome is that everybody stays together. Right. That's most likely. That's Either way, I'm going to be very intrigued to see Lamar in a new system. It might change my perspective on him. I am very curious as well. I he was in a pro-style offense with Bobby Petrino at Louisville, so I think he can play in any, any offense. I'm just excited about yeah. that because Greg Roman was I'm excited very, about you being excited about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> mostly because Greg Roman was very run-heavy. For sure. Right. I mean, look at his. And so, if they, they tr- if they the transition that, I'd actually like to see how Lamar performs in that. I, I I would like to see it because I think I would like to be. Well, proven. if they're going to, they're going to need some more help on the outside. They're definitely going to not named Mark Andrews. Right. Yeah. Just that was the only thing because I w- sure. almost wanted to talk about that as my big news, but I wanted to talk about the teams that are actually playing. And next week, we're going to give a Super Bowl preview about what we're going to eat at our Super Bowl party. Oh yeah, let's talk food. We want to thank you for listening to The Point After. My name's Marshall. We had Ian and Kyle on here. Loving the show. Love you as listeners. We love you sending it to your friends, your family, your coworkers, giving it a shout-out at your local Reddit post. Send us on Twitter at Point After NFL. And most of all, don't forget to get to the best part of the segment in the show where we play our favorite music. More importantly, this is a time when we like to...